0: Welcome to the Moon and you podcast. My name is Susan Hart. I wish to acknowledge the traditional owners of this land on which this podcast is being recorded, the Awabakal people of the Awabakal tribe. I pay my respects to the Elders past, present and emerging, always was and always will be, the traditional custodians of this land. To be a gentle warrior. Full Moon in Aries occurring on the 20th of October 2021. Aries Full Moon asks us to turn inward to feel the warmth of our own internal fire. If you are a native-born Aries, your fire burns hot with endless oxygen that maintains its voracious pursuit for tinder to burn. Aries' energy, when tempered with the opposing sign Libra, can be incredibly transformational. There is an opportunity to metaphorically burn that which no longer serves you and warm up those ideas and creative pursuits towards your mission in life. Aries gives us the energy to vanquish those fears and hidden emotions that keep us from following our dreams. It's time to rise and take all the courage that this energy offers and forge a new path, not only for yourself, but for the many that you lead along the way. Let's take a deep dive now into Aries and the full moon and always by my side to share her insights of the technical aspects and the spiritual aspects of this fire sign and of the full moon is, of course, Kerry Hurrigan. Hello, Kerry, oh, darling. No. It's so nice to see you in the flash. I know, you too. You it's, too. It's been, um, how long have we been in lockdown in Australia? couple of
1: months, isn't it? Oh, it seems like (laughs) years. I think it's
0: about three months.
1: Yeah. Three months. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, it has been about
0: that long, yeah. It's insane.
1: Yeah, it's great to see you in the flesh. Lovely, yes.
0: So it's a full moon in Aries. It sure is. I'm excited to hear all about it, my darling.
1: Very, very, oh, amazing. Yes, yes.
0: You mentioned before you start, you mentioned um, we had just gone through a Mercury retrograde. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think, oh, Nothing's really happening to me. That's—it's not really happening, is it? Anyway, yesterday, my computer had no memory left, and I was rendering the video, last video for the financial course mm. about budgeting. And I went, "What?" And then your words came to me. Well, Mercury is retrograding. I went, "Oh
1: my god!" Yeah. I think so it just eases you to know that it's there's something going on. It has—it's so fascinating how it always correlates to this time oh, you know.
0: Totally my friend. Yeah. So anyway take it away I'm so keen to hear okay. all about it.
1: Well the full moon in Aries will be at 27 degrees and 26 minutes which means the sun is also at 27 degrees and 26 minutes in the opposite sign of Libra. There can be feelings of tension around full moons as the energy is expressed outwards between opposing signs. The full moon is about completion, culmination and closure. And we are in a growth phase from the new moon to the full moon by developing, pondering, and taking action. And in the full phase, we begin to grow by letting go and releasing, also through developing, pondering, and taking action. The sun opposes the moon, completely illuminating what is in the dark. Oppositions mirror everything back to us, where we can learn from our own errors or on the negative side can project our own inadequacies onto others this will be something to take note of with the sun in libra libra the sign of relating to others is where we experience the extremes and projection can be more activated it is no wonder we experience tensions on full moons you can look at the tension as difficult or the opportunity to deal with what has been brought out into the light This can create feelings of insecurity. Our feelings of safety and security are represented by the moon in our birth chart. The moon is also our self-image or ego. It is the filter by which we view the world from our past, creating our own perspective. It is no wonder we struggle with each other and feelings of safety when we view things from our ego and project onto others. (laughs) Which which when you catch yourself, or if you can, just puts a whole new dynamic on the whole thing. When the sun and moon oppose each other, tension and friction are present. Mars is conjunct the sun in Libra as it opposes the full moon to Aries. Mars rules Aries, giving the necessary fuel to initiate the letting go and completion process. We experience the extremes of the full moon in Aries where we can find ourselves being and giving everything to everyone, creating imbalances with the sun in Libra. It's finding that midpoint of balance. If this is you the question becomes, why would you feel you must do this? Is it a fear of confrontation, not being liked or approved of? Aries full moon reminds us to connect back to the core of ourselves and find the balancing point between ourselves and others. Aries is a very passionate sign, medically ruling the head. Do you look after your head and all things related to it? Do you take care of your eyes, your nose, ears? Do you filter the things you are speaking about and your thought processes. With the full moon in Aries, you may see something coming to a head to be dealt with to finally let it go and release in areas where we relate to others, such things as parents, children and our close relationships. This could be letting go of certain way we are interacting with others. The full moon in Aries is also about our perceptions as we view things through our ego. What is truth and what is what we believe to be true? Be mindful to watch for explosive responses when triggered impulsive actions and decisions come with consequences. So the sun and moon are in a cardinal square to Pluto and the square aspect to the sun and the moon with Pluto will also create tensions and friction. More things are being exposed and brought to the surface into the light to be dealt with both collectively and individually. Pluto sends us into the dark and exposes what needs to be brought to the surface for transformation to something greater. It deals with obsessions and compulsions. We can look to see if we have any patterns of obsessive behaviours in relation to other people or things that are compulsive, that need to stop and be released or change the way we are looking and dealing with certain things. So this brought to mind the saying... Change the way you look at things and your things you look at change.
0: That's my favourite, most favourite and beloved quote.
1: It's wonderful. And that comes from the Tao Te Ching, which was brought to many by Wayne Dyer, Mm. who there's some numerous YouTube videos on it. And there's also a YouTube video that uh, I can send a link to you Mm. where he reads from the Tao Te Ching. So we also look at this collectively as we are seeing divisions taking place, which is also uh, can come with this squaring of Pluto and the full moon. And one of the things that I'm seeing in our community is the the divisions of the vaccinated and the unvaccinated, and they're talking about it all the time in mainstream media. And this is really, uh, I think, has the potential to really polarise our communities. The Sun and Mars... Trying Jupiter in Aquarius. Jupiter has gone direct as around the full moon, as of the twentieth of October. And the archetype of Jupiter is joyful and expansive, influencing us to expand our own world. This can be reflected in a mental, psychological, emotional, spiritual, or physical expansion. Now, I did have a little concern when I saw that, or when I wrote that, the physical expansion. And what I'm (laughs) meaning by that is that too many donuts. I don't eat. I don't eat sugar. Um, oh, that's not. That's that's a, lie. that's a lie. Yeah, it is a lie. <laughs> what I meant by that is physical meaning in relation to travel. And as we're seeing, borders are beginning to be opened up, and uh, it could include travel. And people are very keen to do that. Um, and just you know, check to see where this is transiting in your chart. Aquarius also tells us to elevate our standards as well. So where evolution and growth must occur, if circumstances resist or prevent this archetype of Jupiter from expanding or evolving to something greater, the obstacle will be removed and it may not be so joyful. So there's also the polarity of that. You know, I feel there will, however, be the desire to uh, for expansion on all kinds of areas in regards to to Aquarius, uh, with Jupiter in Aquarius, we can keep moving forward to a quality, kindness, and a better place for all. Really, Mercury goes direct goes direct on the eighteenth of October. The retrograde. Um, is an optical illusion where a planet appears to go backwards, giving us the opportunity to review and revisit what has come before and, again, to check to see where this applies to you. And you've we, also told us about your story about the upsets with your computer. I hold my breath whenever Windows has an update during a Mercury <laughs> retrograde. and I mean, wouldn't you think that they would realise that? Well, you're talking to the probably the consensus... And the consensus is about three-quarters of the population which don't look at anything like this. During the Mercury retrograde, what also happens is the revealing of truth occurs and with exposure of lies. So the Mercury retrograde occurred or actually it started rather on the 27th of September through to the 18th of October where we have seen on a on a more uh, global scale the release of the Pandora papers which happened on October 3rd and this exposed the tax dodging of the wealthy and goodness knows what else will come out of it uh, as we haven't heard the last of it Facebook Instagram and WhatsApp had a major disruption of over 6 hours that was amazing mm
0: it was wonderful it was relieving (laughs) it was incredible I couldn't post anything I was frustrated for about an hour yes I I thought this is great okay I'm just going to put my phone down for a little while and Mm. and just because I
1: thought it was me or my internet or something (laughs) yeah yeah, yes me too yes and I just
0: went for a walk
1: and yeah Yeah, Mercury is trining Saturn and Saturn also went direct on October 10th, giving more transparency to communications in a more structured way. When you speak from a point of clarity and not emotions, this will also make communications easier. Sometimes issues around communications with trines rather involved can see obstacles removed, making the breakthrough in delicate situations as there is a lack of resistance and things can occur quickly to either an achievement an achievement or a failure. We are always dealing with the polarities. Uranus is retrograding still in Taurus, again going over things or revisiting and revealing things to do with money, we relate this back to the exposure of the Pandora Papers, not to mention there was no mention of any Wall Street people, any US people at all in the Pandora Papers, which I thought was interesting and maybe that's to come. And we will experience more seismic events, the exposures around money and resources and more on, on that will evolve. So it brings me to the wrap up really here, Sue, that you know we're all feeling the intensity and the challenges of the current time, our ability to adapt will be to our advantage as the change is continual. If you want to know more on how to adapt to change, you look to the sign on your fourth house. Inner security comes from within first. When we put our security into something outside of us, say money a job a house another person these things can either leave us or can be taken away and this puts us into a life crisis and we all we do if you're unaware is you'll find something else outside of you to invest your security into only to go through it all again so inner security comes from within first everything else is a bonus With the full moon in Aries, we can find new ways to illuminate our own lives more and how we can illuminate another's life. And, you know, it can be as simple as a compliment. It can be as little as that.
0: So, Kerry, I'd like to first of all talk to you about hair. Mm -hmm. Being in lockdown... I haven't seen my beautician for over three months. And the other day I was in the bathroom and Jason said to me, Jason is my husband. He goes, Oh my God. What did he say? (laughs) Hair. (laughs) That's all I'm gonna say.
1: Everywhere.
0: (laughs) Studies show that birth control cause hair to move from the growing phase to the resting phase too soon and for too long. This form of hair loss is called telogen effulvium. I'm not even going to spell that. <laughs> okay. <Right. laughs> Large amounts of hair can fall out during this process. So if baldness runs in your family, mm-hmm. birth control pills can speed up the hair loss process.
1: How fascinating and is it that? It can be very traumatic for women oh, to. It can. I, I remember my mum when... Uh, when her hair fell out from chemo, oh, that was just the most horrendous.
0: Mm. horrendous oh, yeah, it's just thing. terrible. It was just to
1: address that side of it, was...
0: and menopause also c- comes with its own sort of you know hair loss issues yeah. as well. Now, I'm not recommending that women go off the pill for the sake of their hair. I would urge you to take a closer look at how you can support your hair while you're on the pill. I've noticed too, Kerry, that I've got really long hair. If I wash it every day, a lot of hair comes out. I only wash it every, like, four days. Mm, mm. And I find that my hair is a lot richer for it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. It's, it's a lot richer for it. One of my really well-respected authors is Dr. Libby Weaver.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And according to her, one of the best ways to support healthy hair is to ensure you have balanced hormones, in particular balanced sex hormones. Sex hormones, what are they? If you've been listening to us for a long time, you'll know Estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, these are all the sex hormones that you have, whereas opposed to the stress hormones, which are cortisol and adrenaline. So, the sex hormones I'm talking about are the estrogens and the progesterones and the testosterone. So, ensure your estrogen is at optimum levels during day 7 and 14. Now, we're in week one, and so week one, there's very little hormonal things happening, although there is a rise in estrogen. But it doesn't really start to kick in until day seven. And then, of course, your produced levels are optimal during days 15 to 28. So if you're in doubt that your sex hormone levels are good, then I urge you to visit your health professional to get them checked out. Because the first week of your cycle, which is week one, if it's a full moon in Aries where you're actually having a period... I believe there could be a tendency for women to want to push themselves a bit too hard. Mm -hmm. And when you push yourselves a lot harder during this week, you deplete yourself and stress starts. You don't want to start stressing yourself out during this week when you know that sex hormones and stress hormones do not work well together. Mm. And so this is the first week where you could maybe relax a bit more. And even though the full moon in Aries might want to push you a little bit harder than normal, I would suggest you uh, take a deep breath and do something more relaxing.
1: The other thing too that's happening in this full moon, if you've got Mars as well that's next to the sun and it's opposing the full moon, which is in Aries, and, and Mars rules Aries, so there you just have to be aware of mm. any hot-headedness or... Mm. You know, just things, things like that.
0: Mm. If you've ever experienced an Indian head massage, that would be fabulous to do. It's one of the most relaxing and sensual things you could ever do. I love am. it. If your week two, which is day 7 to 14, coincide with the full moon, then, then this message is for you, and it's all about sex. Kerry, you might disagree with me here. But <laughs> Will I? <laughs> But it truly is. Week two really is about sex. So during this week, hormones are preparing your body for ovulation. Now, ovulation is the release of the egg with the hope of finding its little sperm made at the end of the fallopian tubes. To have this encounter, the female body is transformed by hormones into a beacon of sexual desire. Testosterone rises during day 12 that increases aggression in some women. Oestrogen rises, bringing natural occurring painkillers called endorphins, and this allows the body to endure a higher pain tolerance. I have spoken about this before. If you're in a heterosexual relationship and you are a female listening to this podcast, then having sex with a male can sometimes be quite painful if you're not properly, you know, lubed. <laughs>
1: okay.
0: So day day, tw- I don't know why we're embarrassed about this. What? Good God. So days twelve, thirteen, and 14... The body secretes natural bodily fluids. And, and I know Kerry doesn't like me talking about this, but if you did your two finger insert test, you'll be able to feel that. And you can actually feel your own natural lubrication around this time because your body is getting ready for sex. I got off such a weak stomach. I know you have done. <laughs> it's okay. I'm nearly finished. I'm nearly finished. Are we moving on? Yes. Yeah, so, this this endorphins that naturally arise with, with high levels of estrogen can help with the pain of sex that some women may have. I think that's I think Mm. it's amazing. Don't be alarmed if you don't have a high sex drive around this time of the month. I mean some people have high, some people have low. You might not have a lot of testosterone or
1: Well it depends where this is falling in your chart. I mean we, we talk generally Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's why right. you've got to look at your own chart to see where, where exactly. it's Exactly. So
0: from, from that point of view, and also you need to look at your own health circumstances. So some women have have no libido at all, have very low libido, and some have a high one. So we're all very different. But if there are any concerns around your health and or sex life, this is the perfect time to check it. As the full moon in Aries, Kerry, you're going to love me for this. <laughs> I uh, Now I'm your okay, student, but okay. you're going to... You're going to love this. So The full moon in Aries is about action and courage. Yes. So
1: Very good. <laughs>
0: thank you. Dear listener, what I'm saying is, is that you need to take action on your health in this time. If, if you're wanting a, a sex life that is with a strong libido and, and you don't feel it, if you're at an age where you really should be feeling it, go get it checked out. Are your hormones in balance? And I think, too, reflecting on... What you mentioned before about Libra is all about balance and that's the opposing side to Aries.
1: Yes, and these two signs can be about extreme. With Libra, that's why they want Aries is about the self and Libra is how we relate to others. Mm. So... If you're, uh, as I mentioned, if you're inclined to want to people-please, if you have a lot of Libran energy or, or um, you know, that Libran archetype is activated in your chart, so you may be prone to people-pleasing, even doing without yourself to win approval, whatever, then this is the distortion of it, mm. where Aries reminds us that you have a core connection to yourself. Mm. and so it sends us back up so it's finding that midpoint how fascinating i've just had a thought
0: so there may be some women out there who uh, are compelled because because they love their partner and i am talking i suppose about a heterosexual relationship here at the moment because of of the fact i'm talking about pain in sex that if you're, you're choosing to honour the relationship by having sex, even though it may be painful for you, even though you're not even ready for it, you might have a low libido, but you still do it anyway because of of your love and your care for your partner. So what I'm saying is that there are lots of things that you can do to support you through that. So investigate ways that you can support yourself by also pleasing Mm. your partner as well. I I like that analogy between the two signs, Mm. Kerry. Thank you for that. So week three, which is probably my most favorite week of all, um, there are three things to consider when moving into week three of your cycle. So it's the start of phase two, more commonly known as the luteal phase. It occurs after ovulation and before your period starts. So during this time, the lining of your uterus normally gets thicker to prepare for a possible pregnancy. Ovulation triggers a fall in estrogen and begins the rise of progesterone. The body shifts from one hormone to another. And if you are not aware of this shift, which we have spoken to many, many times, you could trigger an emotional response that may cause you unnecessary grief or suffering. So this month, why not track this for yourself? I love tracking. Mm.
1: It's
0: very much like budgeting. Mm. Feel the shift and make the necessary emotional change to accept that this week, will now be a softer, less active pace. More like the opposing sign of Aries, which I love that, which is what Libra <laughs> is. I love it when you smile because I think, am I right, am I right? So bring balance back to your month by ensuring you take great care of yourself this week. This is so important. So this week, just realise that it's going to be different from the week before. So last week was all about getting into a cab and having a party, mm. enjoying yourself and high heel shoes and you don't feel any pain. And I always think that the progesterone is the cab that takes you home. Yeah. And then you're, you're in bed and that you're relaxed and everything. We
1: sort of known these when I was going through it because what used to get me with the, with the third week was that I would have that dip, that... I'd just get doubtful. All of a sudden, I'd have this doubt. What are you doing this for? What do you want to do this for? You know, you know what? I can't remember. what You used to call it the dip. The dip. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah the dip, yeah. definitely. I
1: used to, quite I wish I'd known about I that.
0: know. Me too. Okay, <laughs> so getting back to the hair issue. Yes. Uh, so this is the perfect way to give yourself another scalp massage, mm-hmm. most importantly, and um, as... As an enthusiastic aromatherapist, I would recommend rosemary essential oil because rosemary essential oil has been known to stimulate the hair follicles.
1: Is it to massage in your yes, skull. Well, yes. Aries is about the head. That's Anything correct. to do with your head. Yeah, it's so, good to to yeah. You know, just... And
0: you do it yourself. You don't have to have to go out and pay you know, pay somebody to do it for you. Although that is lovely if you can, but just get you some conditioner. Two or three drops of rosemary, and it, it is quite hot. It, it can become a hot oil. So don't. Um, so just make sure you have a carrier, which is a, a nice, like your conditioner or some your herbal oil, and just massage it in and leave it for a little while. And then when you wash it out and when you blow dry it, your hair is thicker. Mm. It's amazing.
1: It stimulates. Stimulating. Them. I know Louise Hayes says about, I don't know if it's fear. I don't know if it's fear. She talks about that, because, or because our head gets, and when we're thinking, overthinking things, it's it, it, it can make our head hot, and it can do something to the to, to your hair, can stop it from growing. There's, I can't remember exactly what she says, but she, she talks about uh, baldness in women. I know that she's, I think it was stress. I think because I think she, I remember her saying that when women entered the corporate world boldness in women become more prevalent
0: one of the reasons that happens from what i've read when you're in a high state of stress and for a long time and you have cortisol and you have adrenaline running in your veins because of all the stress around you and all the, the deadlines and stuff like that it shuts down the body says oh something's happening that we're not going to get pregnant so we're going to shut down all those sex hormones oh my goodness! and so that's why a lot of women have fertility issues and ovary issues and progesterone and all those sort of issues because stress is extremely damaging to the Mm. female body and male body but when we're talking about hormones in the female body and, and baldness and all that so that's why it's okay to be stressed a little while because stress is important to have At some
1: times in your life. If you're being chased by a lion in the jungle. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: and stress is good when you want to have, want to want to present something. You want to get that buzz. You enjoy that. But long-term stress does damage
1: you. And we are in a, we live in a very stressful environment, like Mm. on a continuous level. Mm. The television, if you turn it on, that will, (laughs) I mean, you turn it off and I have been doing that because it's just too Worrying all the time, the mm. negativity from it. So, mm. Um, mm. but we do live in a in a stressful environment constantly. That that flight or fight responses that mm. you know we've you know you can feel it. You can feel the anxiety all mm. the time. So always, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That leads me to our last week, Kerry, mm-hmm. which is week four. I'm <sighs> <laughs> just. Now, you know my philosophy around week four. Week four should not exist, dear listener, because as I mentioned before, if you don't have a lot of stress in your life, if you can maintain high levels or not high, but optimal levels of progesterone during days 21 and beyond, then your PMS could only last for one day. So that last week, which we call week week four, is really up to you. You can lessen it by the amount of stress that you have in your life, but I want to address those women who, who do have PMS or her sister PMDD. So PMS is a mild form of discomfort in the body and mind just before the period arrives. Kerry, did you know that some people still don't think that PMS is a real thing?
1: Uh, do they have a uterus and fallopian tubes? No. They don't have it. Right, there you <laughs> are. You've answered your
0: question. Oh, I love it. Hopkins Medicine Blog refers to PMDD as a severe form of PMS. So symptoms of PMDD appear during the the week before menstruation and then within a few days after your period starts. So these symptoms disrupt daily living tasks. Wow. So symptoms of PMDD are so severe that women have trouble functioning at home, at work, and in relationships during this time. It's important to get yourself diagnosed with PMDD as there could be some other underlying medical and psychological aspects to these symptoms that you're not aware of. Now, I've got a new uh, revised version of my Four Seasons ebook coming out. So where it was eight pages, it's now 46 pages. I know. It's crazy. That's what I've been doing in my lockdown months, <laughs> Gary. You've
1: been busy, I know. Broadening but, your horizons. Yeah.
0: But, one of, but one of the key research information is about um, don't, accept your health as it is if you are concerned at all you need to check it out Mm. don't even allow your gp or health professional to say oh look it's just a bit of depression oh it's just a bit of this or it's just a bit of that just if you know there's something wrong just push for more tests because there's been so many misdiagnoses of so much stuff out there that women miss out. In the 1970s and the early 80s, this wasn't even a known condition. And I just mentioned before that there's a lot of people who still don't realize that this is really true. So, referencing PubMed, now PubMed is a really good research place. Clinically significant premenstrual problems with mood and behavior have been recognized since ancient times. When I say recognized, by recognized by women in tribes and in sisterhood circles. However, it was not until 1987 Goodness. 1987, that formal criteria for a specific diagnosis were proposed. There are so many avenues of discussion I can take on this subject, Kerry. Mm. Over the last few months, we've been encouraging you to review your progesterone levels during the second half of your cycle. Ensuring your progesterone levels remain at optimal levels is one of the anchors to keep PMS under control. If you are unsure of your levels, a blood test around day 21 will identify if your hormones are out of balance. And that's what I did um, after the IVF um, procedures that I did about 20 years ago now, Kerry. Is it really that Mm. long? I suffered for two years with really bad periods, with deep depression. I was crying most of the time. I was just it was just horrendous. Nice. This is where I started track and this is where the moon and your app came from nice. about tracking not just your mucus. Carrie <laughs> 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 uh, hates that word. That's why I say it
1: with There's a little gleam in my I eye. Don't like. Thank God Bodily don't
0: fluids, that. checking your body fluids, your temperature, but most importantly checking your mood. Because what what it was for me is that I was told I was suffering from depression because I couldn't have a child. And that really didn't ring true for me because I went into the IVF program with a conviction that everything was going to be okay, whether I did or whether I didn't. We just wanted to try. So, like, I was happy. I was contented. Either way, no worries. I wasn't desperate. It was good. We saved the money. So I wasn't borrowing any money. It wasn't a financial thing. We saved it. We did it. But I came out of the IVF broken. Mm. But what had happened was that I pushed, I just didn't want to be de- be called clinically depressed. So I was diagnosed with clinical depression and I was on serotonin blocker for two years. And I said, this can't be right. This can't be right. I have to do something about that. And um, I went back to the doctors, another GP, and they said, okay, well, let's go for a test, some more tests, an ovary test and stuff, and found that I had, I had a couple of, Big cysts on my ovaries that didn't get absorbed after I had the IVF because the IVF you have like 20 eggs at one time that are harvested not just one you have like 20 I had like a big grapevine and some of them didn't get absorbed and that was causing a lot of pain the reason why I'm telling you all this is because week four doesn't have to be this way if you've got something wrong with you anyway I got tested for that I was put on some medications and um now i still get tested for every year for my uh, fallopian tubes to make sure that they're healthy and they're safe because those sort of things turned to cancer yeah. and my mom died of ovarian cancer yeah. and i was off de- off the depression uh the pills and uh returned to normal and now after 20 years later you know i, st- I feel well i feel happy I feel centered i'm I'm okay with not having children Mm. or grandchildren. Mm. All is well, all is well. The idea for this week four is if you suffer from tremendous PMS or PMDD, why don't you get self-tested if you haven't already done so and look at the stress in your life and start dealing with it because I I believe we can solve this PMS issue. You still will get some form of PMS at the end of the month, like maybe one day, but it doesn't have to be a week. (sighs) No. doesn't have to be. Dr Libby Weaver is the name of the lady that I was speaking to about before and her book is Woman's Wellness Wisdom and there's a link that I'll send to you as well.
1: Mm. I think too to Sue just for, for um, our listeners to be mindful that in that fourth week you often mention about the lack of hormones It's nothing and we can be very triggered and react and I think with an Aries full moon. I mean, remember that these are opposing signs. There's a lot of tension uh, around these events um, and just be, if you can, if there's something brewing, somebody you're in conversation with, that's a family member or work colleague or whatever, and it's something brewing and you can feel yourself getting that, that anger starting to well up. Just if you can remove yourself. I found that that was the best thing. Just go to the ladies' room or just go outside or something, but just, mm. you know, mm. get out of Thank Dodge, you. as they say. Thank you. <laughs> so well, speaking, the thing yeah. is... Sorry, Sue, if I can just add to that. The thing is, is once things are said, they can't be taken back. Mm. And when they're impulsive and mm. uh, from a point of anger, it can be very difficult to in some cases, make amends Mm. with somebody. They might not be as understanding as you or, Mm. you know, whatever.
0: Thank you. Okay. Well, we're going to have some lunch now. So thank you for joining us today. We really appreciate your time. And we will see you on the next full moon. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Kerry.
1: Thank you, Sue. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye.